everybody. Welcome to ARM Podcast, the ARM Microsoft Podcast, the only podcast from Microsoft where we talk about only Microsoft things. <laughs> Ooh, I think I got a couple more in there than last week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we are, again, we're here with another jam-packed uh, podcast full of information and a great interview we got coming up, uh, so we'll just jump right into it. Yeah, uh, this week uh, we're planning to interview a web uh, web developer. Her name is Heather Valencia. So that will be the bulk of our show today. Uh, she's the face behind the new look of on Microsoft. So we'll be chatting with her about a few things, uh, like what went into her development journey, how did she get where she is, uh, the tools she uses, her thoughts on tech, and the, the whole shebang. But um, after Heather, we also have a jam-packed episode where we'll talk about everything Windows. Um, we're talking about Windows 10X, and I know you had a chance to install the new latest Windows Insider build and play with some new stuff. Yeah, uh, there's about uh, two big highlights and a couple other uh, you know, second tier uh, features that we'll go through. Uh, aside from that, we will also be talking about, uh, let me sure I got everything in here, uh, the delay. Uh, just like I was delaying, uh, we have a Windows, <laughs> Windows 10X delay uh, update uh, that might be important for those of you who were kind of hoping, expecting to see it soon. And you forgot the most important thing, which all everyone on Twitter has been uh, talking about, all the influencers. I saw MKBHD and I, Justine, talking about it, which is Intel's new ads, which pit Mac against PC with Apple's own Mac guy. I know, we should probably should just scrap the interview and just you and I go back and forth about well, how we feel about this. But yeah, we'll, we'll jump into uh, his backstabbing betrayal and maybe we hope we can get an interview with him or maybe the guy from Verizon who did the same thing. Who knows? Uh, and then also we have the week ahead. Um, there's some stuff coming up on for Xbox next week and uh, we'll just preview what we expect coming out of Xbox. And our own Laurent, he's interviewing... He's interviewing. He is reviewing uh, the new Xbox wireless headset. Uh, so we'll be teasing his review. And other than that, we do have some other Aki reviews coming up, and uh, we'll talk about that as well. And uh, unless you have anything else to add, uh, yeah, we always have a hardware section that you know we always get new stuff in. Uh, so I will tease what we're going to be, or at least I'm going to be writing about and reviewing. Uh, and then we'll also talk about uh, Xbox's new hire. We'll briefly touch on that and see how that plays out uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, aside from that, that's our podcast uh, in a nutshell. So we will jump right into it. Yeah, uh, get us started and tell us about who our first guest is. I, I haven't let you do that uh, because I've spoken with her just uh, a little bit less than you have. But uh, <laughs> you know about her more than I do. Yeah, so our guest um, is, her name is Heather Valencia, and she is a web developer, and um, she worked with our editor-in-chief, uh, Kip, on the redesign for On Microsoft, and she has her own website where she describes her work, and uh, we'll have the link in the description and in the chat so you could check her out. Well, yeah, uh, we'll have her join the show right about now, and we'll get started with our interview. Like magic. <laughs> All right, so let me get started here. Um, let me just pull up the list of questions. So we already told everyone that your name is Heather Valencia. Other than your name, they don't know your story and who you are and how you got to where you are. So can you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and your journey to get where you are today, which is designing these fabulous and these beautiful websites? Mm -hmm. um, I noticed you asked that question kind of twice, but a little differently in numbers <laughs> yeah. one and three, right? 
Yeah. So, and when you say the word journey in your question, that kind of opens up, you know, to me actually telling you a bit about how I got into it, right? Yeah. So, when I was in, you know, foster care and I was also, you know, going through a lot of things. And I also did some alternative classes during that time where I actually learned some graphic design. You know, I didn't have a lot of exposure to computers like a lot of people did when they were growing up. I, the most I got from computers was going to my friend's house sometimes and seeing them play on the computer or me going to the library and playing on the computer there. When I did the alternative classes, uh, I was always really good at it. So one of the alternative classes was when Photoshop kind of first came out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was like one of the first few versions, but one of the things I did enjoy doing, even though I was exceptional at that class, I was always at the top of the class, um, I also enjoyed trying to do things I wasn't supposed to do, like <laughs> try to break into the, you know, try to get into the internet, you know, how they would block the internet. Somehow right. I would figure out how to get past that and play on the internet after I did my work. <laughs> so, so uh, but at the age of 18, right, so I'm living in a crack house here in Spokane, and it's like a crack house apartment. It's not like a house house, um, even though I did live in one of those too. Um, my very first computer was stolen. So wow. my neighbor was a drug dealer. His name was Evil. And despite his name, he was really good to me. And he, he always protected me, my daughter. So, you know, and he came by one time, he noticed that we, all we had to sleep with in my apartment was a, you know, I had a box of clothes and an air mattress. That's all me and my kid had. Um, he gave me $100 one time just to go get blankets because he felt so sorry for us. So I was looking through the paper one day and I saw this job that said, we're looking for somebody who knows computers. And I said, okay, cool. You know, I'll tell these people I know computers. Of course I know computers, I'll figure it out. So, I, and, and it just so happened that they were like right down the road. So I could walk down there and introduce myself and say, hey, you know what you need, I'll figure it out. And that's exactly what I did. And my boss was really cool. He realized that I was kind of young and I didn't know a whole lot of stuff. So he decided to take me under his wing and he taught me the power of sales. He taught me how to design kitchens, how to um, you know, read blueprints, how to do whole house sales and things like that. And then I also taught myself how to do the computer. And I taught myself how to make a website. And I taught uh, everyone in that place how to use some software, which is called 2020 Kitchen Design Software, that I taught myself how to use. So none of these people knew how to use it. Some salesman came in there, gave it to me. I figured it out. And he showed me how to make a kitchen. And then I started showing everyone else how to do it. So, and then that website that I built for them was my very first site I made with Yahoo Site Builder back in the wow. day. Uh, so, so this was a this was a long time ago. Yes, it was a long time ago. So, although at that time I didn't know web design was something I even wanted to do, I just you know I was like, okay, I, I built a site, drag and drop in it, and actually back in the day I made a really good site for what I did, and I had fun with it. So, you know, I had got to a point where. I didn't have to live in the crack house anymore because I was making pretty good money as a salesperson and making these big fancy kitchens and um, you know I, I made enough money to get to a nicer crack house and then after that I got to a nicer actual real apartment you know apartment that had 
mirror walls and a little fireplace and stuff. And uh, then I met my husband at that time. So it's like maybe 19 or something around that time. Well, then I had a normal life, right? So now that I had this normal life, me and my daughter and my new husband, I had decided, you know, I'm tired of making kitchens. I was, I was designing kitchens. I was doing sprinkler systems. I was doing, you know, siding, <laughs> windows, doors. Uh, I mean, I can bid a whole house for, for all that stuff. Um, so, oh, the education stuff. So I had this hunger for education because sixth grade was the last grade I kind of completed. I didn't go past that. I didn't really go to high school at all. Um, so I had this hunger to, to, to learn something. And I also knew that uh, I had to survive because I had always tried to survive from the age of 13. Everything that I did was, and, and when you're young, that stuff just, you know, just time, you know, you just do it. You don't really think about it. You just do what you right. need to do. So I knew I had a hunger for education. And I'm sorry, I know I said that twice, but, um, <laughs> and I knew I had to do something because if my husband passed away or if we divorced or something, I knew I needed an education because education is powerful, right? It, it, so, so this it, was it gives you something to, to so, the foundation, right? So this was always something that, that you had a passion for, which is why you gave it your best output and make, and, and make quality websites, right? Actually, I went to college and I said to myself, well, I'm going to do a paralegal class because I thought, well, anything in the law is always going to be around because law has been around since the dawn of time, right? Well, my first two terms, my first two terms, I was in paralegal classes and I was getting 4.0. I was very good at it. I was very good at looking at the law. And I'll tell you what, you ask me something about anybody, I can look them up. So I, I know a lot, I know a lot of the tools and everything that they use. So, but um, there was something about being in those classes with the women Unfortunately, that they were all women. There were no men that I saw, but they were all very drab and very just boring to be around. They're all so quiet. They kept to themselves. And I, I just remember being there one day. I remember this day very specifically. I was in class. Everyone had their heads down. We're all at this table where we're sitting together. Nobody's talking to each other. Nobody's smiling. Everyone's just on something. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life with people like this and then lawyers, <laughs> lawyers on top of it. I don't know. So I left that class that day and that same day that I'm feeling that way. I walk by and out of the corner out of my eye, I see a classroom where all the kids were just laughing and smiling and joking with the teacher. And it just so happened. One of the teachers came out of the classroom during that time. And I stopped him, I said, hey, I said, what is that class? And he said, well, that's software development. I said, oh. so you can make, I said, so you can make money doing that? And he said, yeah, you can make <laughs> a lot of money doing that. And I said, cool, sign me up. Can I, can I change what I'm doing and do that? And he said, yeah, I'm gonna take it. He took me in his room. He helped me change my course from the paralegal to that. And I did that ever since. Wow. And I, although I'm not the strongest programmer, I am not. I am good at design, I am good at programming, I'm good at business, I'm good at sales, 
Um, I can be pretty good with communication sometimes. Um, but I'm not super great at everything. But what I'm good at is managing everything, right? I know good design and I know good programming without having to be that person all the time. So I'm really good at project, excuse me, project managing. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think that's, uh, it's, it could be more valuable than someone who's super, pro- I mean, it's, it's always that, that, uh, that phrase, the jack of all trades kind of thing, mm-hmm. master of none. Uh, and everyone always stops it at that, but it, it usually, it, it, the rest of it basically goes on to say someone who's better at a bunch of little things versus hyper-focused on one thing is usually more valuable than the person who's hyper-focused at one thing. So I think it's always good to like, you know, know a bunch and be able to kind of manage all of that information, all that input at the same time, which kind of leads me on to my next question, which was, um, since you've had such, you know, a, a long, like kind of history, like thing about, you know, web development and whatnot, are there some things that, uh, just like off the top of your head, things that people should know who are either gonna get into web development or who are looking for web developers that they should know kind of so that they don't get taken, so to speak, like phrases, terms, common knowledge, or, you know, uh, pricing, just business-minded things that you can kind of rattle off saying like, hey, you should look for these things, or you should know a web developer who knows this, or or they should focus on SEO for this much, or, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So what a lot of people don't realize is, first of all, web design, web development, programming, SEO, marketing, those are all very specific jobs that almost really need individual people to be focusing on them. When you get one person spreading themselves thin, trying to do all that, the quality of the work, it shows. It's not always going to be great. It's not that it's impossible that one person can do all that. They most certainly can. But, you know, how much other work are they taking on? So, um, that is one thing you want to be able to find yourself, whether you're better at one thing or the other, or if you're good enough to manage whole products and uh, manage teams to do those things or do them yourself. So a lot of people. Um, so would you recommend anybody who's like looking for web design, not co- <laughs> you know, to they basically for people to understand and farm out exactly what they need before they come to you saying like, oh, can you do marketing? Oh, and if you can do marketing, can you do web design? If you can do web design, can you do web? I mean, that just, it seems like I do, asking I a do. lot of one, one yeah, person. I, so you're saying know what you want before you seek somebody else. Uh, well, you know, now if you're talking from the client standpoint, I thought you were right, talking from, the from a, a, a student. We'll, we'll, start, we'll start with the client first and then we'll work okay. our way back to all the specifics well, of what you guys, what you do. A client isn't as educated in the field as the average person. So I try my best to explain to clients what I just kind of explained. Um, But really, I I don't. I really don't, unless it it seems like it's needed. So the average client, for me, um, they're usually in a more affordable price point. And they usually just need, you know, a basic website design and nice structure and development which is easy enough for a lot of people to do. And that's why there's a lot of freelance web developers out there. Um, So when they come to me and I realize they need something very basic or, you know, even maybe a little complex for their business, um, I let them, you know, know, you know, hey, I can do this and that and the other thing. But once they start getting into all these features, and they're like, hey, I'm going to be on social media. 
hey, I'm going to do marketing. Hey, I'm going to do SEO. That's where I have to stop them in their track and say, hey, that's cool and all, but I hope <laughs> you have the money because it costs a lot of money. Right. <laughs> so I do tend to try and tell, educate them before. You know, a lot of people will call me and they'll, um, sometimes they don't even need a, a website. I'm really honest with people. It's like I had a lawyer call me the other day and he says he's retiring two years and he's had the same like 1992 website forever. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm retiring two years. And I said, well, do you, do you, he's like, can you just change a few things or, or make the whole website new? And I was like, I can make the website new, but like, it's not going to do anything for you other than look pretty. And it's like, you, you mean you could spend this amount of money or this amount of money, it's up to you. And I said, but if you plan on retiring and you don't need the website to do anything for you, it's not, you know, it's not going to make a huge difference. It's, you know, if yeah. you want to spend the money for it to look nice, cool, but you don't need it. And I think clients like me because I'm honest with them like that. Um, so that's how I tend to get a lot of clients because a lot of clients trust me. I mean, in the 15 or so years I've been doing this, um, a lot of people, there's only been like two or three people that I had maybe a conf a confrontation with. And I, if I remember correctly, it was all SEO misinformation stuff. SEO Ooh. misinformation. And all SEOs will tell you, people come to you thinking that you're going to do some kind of magic and it's going to happen overnight and it doesn't happen that way. So well, that actually, again, segues into what I was going <laughs> to say. We're going to talk about from your side, your perspective. And I know that uh, one of your strengths happens to be SEO. So could you maybe talk about SEO and what people who are aspiring to do what you do should know about SEO? So I'll tell you how I started SEO. So when I got out of school and I graduated, um, there was a small percentage of students who graduated that class. And that's because it's a hard class to pass. Um, but I was determined to pass it and I did. Um, and I was on the president's honor roll almost every quarter. And, uh, oh, thank Congrats. you. I tried. Yeah. I tried. Yes. Congratulations. I tried. That's I tried. awesome. But uh, well, here's the thing, though. What I found out is that I, I tried to apply for some jobs, and nobody wanted to hire me. They said, well, we want someone we don't have to train. We don't want someone right out of school. And I didn't understand it at the time. I understand it now. I do. Um, but at the time, I didn't. So I said, okay, whatever. I'll start my own business. And I had realized at that time the importance of coming up in Google for Spokane Web Designer. That's where I'm from, Spokane. So it took me an entire year. And, and this is what I tell people who email me. I get a lot of students emailing me asking, you know, hey, how do you get clients? How do you do this and that? And I tell them the same thing every time. This is what happened when I tried to get work or get clients is that I spent an entire year studying SEO that they didn't teach me in school. I had to teach myself. I had to get a different job. I was a supervisor for troubled teens for a year. And on my free time, I did the SEO. And I also went door to door, face to face to businesses, <clears throat> uh, probably like 10 a week I would do. And I would introduce myself. And I would try to get work that way. And I did get work that way. I cold called ugly websites I found on the internet and I said, hey, look, this website's ugly. Would you like me to redo it for, you know, this amount of money? And I got jobs that way. After one year, after one year of doing that, I've been at the top of Google. Spokane Web Designer, Spokane Website Design, 
quite a few, um, not not just local keywords, but national keywords and international keywords. Um, for the last 15 years, I've maintained a first page position for a lot of keywords. It may not always stay that way, and that's okay. You know, I realize things change all the time, but it just so happened that it has stayed. And I've been very lucky for that because there's a lot of competition out there, right? Um, but that is, after that year, I never had to step foot out of my door again. And because of that, um, my school was very impressed. So I had started my own business. Other firms around Spokane finally noticed this new web designer and started calling me up. Hey, hey, Heather, we want to know if you would come out here and do some work for us, contract for us. Because I'm already busy, okay? I already went down <laughs> on work now. You guys are too late. That was a whole year ago. But uh, what was I saying? I lose track of what I'm saying. You're saying your school is impressed and now... Oh, my school is impressed. And they actually used me as a promotion for the college. So you know how sometimes they will choose a student who is, you know, the star student. So they put me on all the billboards all over the city and they, they put me on all the postcards that go in everyone's mailbox. So I got some work that way too, because people saw it in their mailbox and there's a, hey, you're the girl on the postcard. And I said, listen to Well, I mean, so, and I mean, SEO know. is not easy and you have to do it all the time. It's nonstop. I mean, I've been doing it since that day, okay? It ain't easy. And I'll tell you what, I don't stay on it all the time. But if I don't stay on it, I'm going to drop. Okay. So, and for those, you know, I'm just going to kind of give a brief search engine optimization is what we're talking about. Uh, are there, you know, just maybe one or two, maybe three top things that you would say for anybody who has a website right now uh, that is, you know, on the third page, right? bottom, yeah. Is there anything that they should look into as far as like backlinking, meta tags, things like that for the website to maybe get them started so that they can bring you something that would be easy to work with later <laughs> on? Well, I don't do SEO full time. Um, okay. I should, I should, but um, I enjoy making the websites a little better. SEO is very tedious work. Right. And it's honestly, it's boring. I mean, you're looking at words all day and, and modifying things on a website is boring work and that's why they get paid a lot of money because not only do they have to do with boring tedious work it's just constant monitoring and it's um and there's risk to it and the big risk is someone's paying you to get them results and if they don't get results that's on your reputation as, as hard as you could try it's possible you might not do good for them now fortunately me just redeveloping someone's site if they come to me and they say, hey, Heather, I want these types of keywords, what I do is I say, well, first of all, you know, <clears throat> you can have whatever keyword you want to rank for all day long. But if you get someone to your site and you want them to do something and the site looks ugly, there's less of a chance that they're going to call you, you know, based off of just the site not looking the way that it should. Right. That's not always true, though, either. That's not always true because sometimes there are some ugly sites and they get the most traffic. And it's what what it's a matter of. And I try to tell people, don't worry about SEO. Worry about content. Worry about what you're telling the audience and that's interesting. Because if you don't make it interesting, you can have your SEO, you know, going green 100 according to some SEO plugin on every page on your site. And it could be the most boring content in the world. Nobody wants to read, it don't matter. So 
practice making engaging content that people want to read, people want to watch, and that's all you need to worry about. You don't always have to worry about keywords. Now, there are some tips and tricks, though. You can do something called long tail SEO keywords. So instead of trying to focus on, um, I don't know, give me an example, because I don't want to just pick one out of thin air. What's an uh, example of something you want to sell? Microsoft Xbox? Surface. Microsoft Surface. Surface is that tablet thing, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. So instead of trying to rank for, if I'm a retailer trying to rank for Microsoft Surface, maybe I could try and rank for Microsoft Surface near me. I mean, that's not a really great example. But uh, um, I mean, I do SEM, so I would basically pay for keywords that would be like cheap Microsoft Surface in Spokane or stuff uh, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like that. Perfect. You, I mean, you can be an SEO. See? <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know. SEO is just as stressful, if not more. Uh, it is. He's a, it he's is. a great podcast host. We can't lose him just yet. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, thank you for, for that and, and letting people know, again, content people. So you could you could pay for some, for some help. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what it is you're selling, talking about, interested in. Um, and I guess going to my next uh, question is, um, I know you're probably a Mac person. A lot of people are. Is there anything in your web development uh, that you take into consideration uh, when making a site, when making a site better, uh, more functional, like uh, operating systems or browsers or plugins, things like that of that nature that people should at least know about? First thing I tell people is y'all need to like uh, upgrade all your stuff because I'm not making a website. <laughs> Some old computers. These people are using square computers. I'm, I'm not making no computer to put that square computer. First of all, right. no, I'm not doing it. But um, no. So okay. So what I do is I do WordPress development. I do do custom software development on the side, and that is with one of my programming partners. The custom software development is done on PHP web apps um but it is very different from what i personally do every day all day and that is wordpress so with wordpress there is something um that's really cool about it so there's these things called themes so you could be a developer that makes his own theme or you could be a developer that uses themes that people all over the world use the reason i use the themes that are built by other developers is because when i let my clients go I'm not going to constantly update my own themes, but the company's good. So my clients are in good hands because I know that the theme that they're using is going to be constantly updated as WordPress updates, as people's computers updates, as browsers updates, and it will stay up to date. Just like the on Microsoft website. It's using a theme called Generate Press, which is a huge performance-friendly uh, theme for WordPress. And that was very important with regards to the website because you get a lot of traffic. So it's got a very simple design and it is SEO friendly because it's built in a nice manner. So, and it's built in a manner that is SEO friendly. Um, did that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I build them with WordPress and and using the generate pressing for your particular website. And I do use other themes for other websites because some clients, they really want to be able to do this drag and drop stuff. And programmers don't like that. And there's a reason why. It's because it gets very bloated and, you know, makes things slow. And 
Uh, fortunately for you guys, you guys are very tech savvy over there, so you can handle the generate quest just fine. Yeah, that, well. that would lead me into a question that I have. Uh, what what are some applications and some tools that you normally use as as a web developer and as a web designer? Here we're we're into video editing and photo editing, so we use like Photoshop and iMovie and all of those things. So what what are the programs that you use yourself? And even if it's not for just strip web development, but like you know management, some people use like Trello boards and uh, base uh, base camp stuff like that to manage oh. stuff. So, so um, as far as design, I use Photoshop. Um, personally, I like using Photoshop because I'm just used to it, right. um, and it's easier for me to throw things together. Um, or I hire someone to do it, and they usually use Photoshop too, anyway. Um, so if I'm not designing, <clears throat> developing, you can actually develop WordPress on your local computer using something called WAMP for Windows or ZAMP for a Mac. And that mm. can help you build WordPress on your local host, on your computer, so you don't have to use a um, live server. Um, but you can use a live server too. So you can use an, a production, is it production? Um, production environment. Is the word production when you actually put something out, I think, or it's in production. I forget. Development. <laughs> Development environment. Production is live, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know that kind of stuff. But yeah, so you can put it in development mode and build it live behind the scenes. And when you're done, you can put in production and show the client and show everybody. And there's a lot of hosting companies that provide a lot of tools for developers to use to be able to do those things. So more often than not, you'll find a lot of developers building online versus doing it on their computers. And there's a big reason for that is because a lot of the plugins and tools don't always work properly on the local machines like they will on the servers or they'll act differently on the servers. And they can act better or worse depending on what type of server you're on. You can be on some really poor $2 server, you can be on some really nice $30 server, right? So that's all. Okay. Um, yeah, the server environment will give you different tools. But other than that, WordPress is a tool in itself. And themes, you know, they can be tools themselves because every theme for WordPress is developed so differently. You get one theme and drag and drop stuff all over the place and build a website so differently. And other ones, you can inject things to, to create um, sections and sites. Kind of like Generate Press, Press is awesome because you can just inject stuff to, to put stuff in there. And it makes it more performance friendly. Genesis themes is another great one um, that's performance friendly and does that. So it's more of a skeleton framework. So that was called skeleton frameworks, or that's what I call them. I don't know who called them what, but I call them skeleton frameworks. And then you've got frameworks that are drag and drop builders. And then you got things called child themes. They're kind of like the clothes for these things. So you can get some pre-designed clothes from other people who pre-designed some clothes for you or you know, looks of what the website would be, or you can design it yourself, which is why I end up doing sometimes too. It's you, so. That also would lead us into another question, which is what is your favorite piece of professional, creative, or consumption software? Okay, I got a few of them. I'm gonna tell you them, all right? So, my first favorite luxury software is the NES system software because I love an original Nintendo. I play oh, Gradius nice. and I will, you know, have a little drink and jump up and down and get angry at the TV. <laughs> and I like playing that game because when I, when I feel like being done, I just shut it off. Right? 
It's not like these games they make on the Xbox, everybody. We got to spend <laughs> hours and hours and days playing a game. You know, I just like That's you, Loren. I just like to turn <laughs> it on, play, and then go. That's what I like to do. So the NES is awesome software for the NES system, right? Yeah, I find myself doing that too now that I have two kids. I don't have time to like sit for hours. I can sit for maybe 15 minutes before one of them hurts, hurts themselves. So I like to play real quick too. Well, you know what? Kids love the Nintendo Entertainment they System do. as well. They love playing that. They like Ninja Turtles. They like yep. Super Mario. They like it just as much as they like any of them fancy games. And I mean, I like the new fancy games too. But <laughs> uh, Another one, financial software. I think that is one of the greatest inventions known to man since the day of the internet, right? Because I can go in and I can see where all my money is going. Like, you know, <laughs> like a few years ago, I was making fun of my friends. Cause like, why do you guys buy coffee so much? You guys so much coffee, you spend so much coffee on stuff. And at the end of the year, when I was doing my taxes, I wanted to see how much I spent at coffee shops. So I went and took all the coffee places and I, and you know, I didn't think I spent as much. I had spent four hundred dollars a year on coffee, wow. just going out for coffee, not buying home coffee. And I, so I, I will like, tell you, I will tell you this: knowing, having done that too, because I did an Excel project like that, mm -hmm. you were on the cheap end of that. Uh, if, I, <laughs> if I can bring up my wife's tab, that's what I thought. Talking. And I'm like, four hundred dollars—that is not cheap to me. <laughs> 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 what was your wife's? I don't know. She's gonna kill me if I mention it. Oh. <laughs> it was definitely more. It was definitely more than four hundred. Oh. For the year. For the year. Okay. 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 And another one I have to mention because it's very important to me is uh, it's a piece of software called Spotlight. Okay. It is developed by Ashton Kutcher and his team over at Thorn.org. Thorn.org. Okay. And that software is highly important because that software. You know, Ashley Kutcher took his own money because the government wouldn't give him money to build software that stops sex traffickers. And, and what they do is they analyze, uh, you know, <clears throat> child pornography. I don't know if they can say that on YouTube. They analyze that stuff so that they can find victims and bring them home if they can. And so that they can find perpetrators and put them behind bars. And <clears throat> they give this software to, you know, police stations and, and other businesses that can utilize it somehow to be able to protect children. And that's really important to me, is that we're using the internet and technology to save lives and not to ruin lives, which the internet can do. And the internet is a tragic place. It, it, you know, there's some horrible stuff, horrible, horrible stuff on the internet. And the fact that Ash, little Ashton Kutcher brought it upon himself to make this and our own government wouldn't, is astounding to me. So I, I think that is something that everyone should know about. Um, him and Demi Moore, you know, they, they did a very good thing building that software. Yeah, no, I think that's that's amazing. And I don't have any more questions, but I would like to give you a chance because, I mean, I want yeah. this to kind of dovetail into what you were just talking about. Is there any type of, uh, is there any other information you would like us to know about, you know, possible charities i know you mentioned social work and some things like that is there anything that you would like our audience to kind of know about aside from spotlight which will uh mm -hmm. we'll add some links into the the show notes stuff about oh i mean i didn't think about that that is a trick question i didn't was not prepared <laughs> for but i'm gonna tell you That's my fun. favorite my favorite charity is thorn.org okay. and the way that um i personally give back is thorn has this cool thing on amazon and amazon has a, a cool thing you can add to your browser inside Amazon. So every time you make a purchase, 
a portion of your purchase goes to that charity. So Amazon every time I buy, I think it's Amazon named Amazon Smile. Smile. Yeah, that's it. And I chose Thorn as one of them. So every time I make a purchase, a little bit of my money goes to them. And it's as simple as that. If you don't want to like directly go and give money to people, you can do it in small ways just like that. And anybody can donate, you know, without realizing it. And then that's a good way that they can do it. So. Well, that's a beautiful tip and, and an offer. And I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you uh, for that. And thank you for your time and all your answers and your bubbly personality. It's awesome. Uh, we really appreciate it uh, here. Yeah, thank Thanks. you so much. Thank you so much again. Uh, you you teach us uh, very insightful things and we appreciate it. And um, you could tell our viewers and our readers where they could find you if they're interested in reaching out to you. Uh, you can find me at ravenousravendesign.com, girlwebdesigner.com. Uh, goes to the same website. And if you'd like to hire me or just talk to me, you can do so then. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Heather. We appreciate it so much. Yeah. And uh, hopefully maybe we'll have you back on and we'll talk about some other things. Okay. That sounds just fine. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. Thank you. And we want to thank Heather again for her time uh, and answering all of her questions and giving us some information about SEO speeds and, and what, <laughs> what goes into web design and, uh, you know, just kind of a perspective. Uh, you know, it's not always just about Windows and Microsoft, but there's a much larger world out there and web development happens to be a big part of it. So for those of you who uh, were listening and stay tuned, uh, I hope you got the information out of it. And if you are a web developer or, or aspiring one, I hope she was able to help you guys. All right. Well, again, awesome interview, but on to Windows news. Or yeah, that's that's what everyone is here for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to bring this to a screeching halt by saying there is a delay. Yeah, uh, there's a Windows 10X delay, unfortunately. Uh, we got news uh, middle of last week um, as we've kind of pitched back and forth that we think that Windows 10X, which is Microsoft answers to Chrome OS, uh, may not be ready until later this year, according to a new report from Windows Central. Um, this is, I think Zach is one of the ones uh, leading the charge on this. He's kind of been championing championing this since last year. Uh, it's kind of come out saying that um, it could be expected to come out. Uh, he didn't say time frame, but he just said later this year. So it could be any time between summer and December 31st uh, if <laughs> Microsoft decides to wait that long. So uh, all of this is, again, rumor speculation because Microsoft hasn't really officially talked about Windows 10X since um 2019 even so, though panel even though panel says he's very pumped uh it doesn't really mean anything about windows 10x <laughs> right he, he just said vaguely about windows and again uh, i think we talked about this two weeks ago that i think his pumped is more about sun valley than it is about windows 10x um the silence ahead of the release of the win new windows is pretty strange though microsoft may have some good reason to remain secretive According to Zach Bowden over again at Windows Central, the software giant may have uh, decided earlier this year to delay the release uh, of its first Windows 10X devices to the second half of 2021, which could give the company and its partners more time to iron out the edges of the new operating system. Uh, if, any, uh, if any of you have read my review of the ThinkPad X1 Fold, you'll know that there's a lot to iron out um, between these foldable devices and Windows 10X. If, if they're gonna be put on those, if, it, if it's just single screen, we still have no idea what new features or designs are going to come to it. We have a, a basically an emulator from two years ago that we're kind of been playing around <laughs> with. 
So uh, you can talk more about it if you like. But again, I kind of expected Windows 10X not to be released this year. I was expecting it to be delayed as well because personally, I don't, I don't think they want to. Because from everything we know, 10X is only for like enterprise and commercial PCs, and it's not really going to be a consumer thing. So I think maybe they're pulling back a bit so they could focus more on Sun Valley, which is the out with rounded corners and floating start menu and and the stuff we were discussing a couple weeks ago when Zach had delete delete the uh, delete screenshot. So for me personally. I'm disappointed that 10x is delayed, but I think it's for good reason. I mean, we uh, we played with the leaked um, single screen version of 10, of 10x a couple of weeks ago, and it it did have its own set of bugs. So for sure, it was definitely not ready. But even with 10x not being ready, they need to focus on regular Windows 10. When everyone what what's already running on one what is it one billion devices out there. So this delay for me, I think it could be related to Sun Valley and getting Sun Valley ready first. Yeah. Um, again, Windows 10X is all speculation. Speculation. At this point. Microsoft yep. has not officially said anything about it. So as far as you know, 2019 was the last time Windows 10X has been touched by the uh, by the corporate by the company. They they could have put it on the shelves, and we're just hoping, or there are people that are close to the matter that are hoping that it comes out this year. As far as we do know, that uh, they have talked about Sun Valley. Uh, to some extent, uh, they're talking about the apps that will be uh, coming with new redesigns um, and sort of what they plan to at, uh, at least attack in this new visual overhaul, over, overhaul. So again, as you mentioned, it only makes sense to focus on Sun Valley, which is on a billion devices, or I think Windows 10 in specific is on five, 500 million plus. And I think they stopped counting after they hit their <laughs> marker on that. But um, so it just wouldn't make sense to kind of conflate like, oh, here's a new Windows 10 new design and here's this random operating system that most of you won't see. So maybe they will get their marketing in line and start talking about it beginning of next year now that Windows 10X is done. And just, just from a design perspective, bring those elements over to Windows 10X because as of right now, there's not much in the way of making Windows 10X different than what we currently have, except putting the start menu in the middle of the screen. Another interesting thing that I totally forgot to mention was the rumor that um, I know the single screen version that we played with and that I played with and that everyone else played with who uh, had the leaked file from Albacore, um, it doesn't include support for Win32 apps. So do you think that this delay could be like giving them more time to push like a cloud version of Windows, maybe even include a subsystem in 10X that could work? with Win32 apps because, you know, hey, everyone is going to want their Google Chrome. Yeah, um, I think we mentioned at the end of last year kind of coming, uh, they were testing this kind of stuff out for the Surface Pro X. Uh, and I believe that that's going to be their prototype for ARM devices. Uh, and if this is going to be kind of their, their cloud slash enterprise play for a Chrome OS type competitor, they got to be eyeing ARM uh, very closely. So um, again, we only know that they started testing it in November of last year. So like you just said, I think they are working and kind of ironing that out to, you know, ideally say, here's Windows 10 X with, or Windows 10 uh, X, uh, yeah, with all of the design flair from Sun Valley that you all loved, plus the functionality of Chrome OS-like uh, um, cloud uh, saves and cloud stores and things like that. 
uh, all at once versus saying, here's this random weird operating system and we'll fix <laughs> all the other stuff later. That's what they kind of did with Windows 10 S. Um, and let's move into our third topic or segue into it, which is the uh, Windows Insider build. I mean, I installed it and I don't have any of the features to play with, but I know. All right, so move it you, on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, let me just, let me just bring out my MacBook and let's talk about <laughs> Apple M1. No, but but seriously, this is a, on Microsoft and a Microsoft podcast, so let me yeah. stick here and and talk about this uh, Windows Insider build. Yeah, Windows and Windows things and things that are immediate that we can actually tangibly <laughs> put our hands on. We got a new uh, build, I believe it was Wednesday of last week, um, that is bringing uh, one of the bigger features, Auto HDR for PCs, uh, which will bring in, uh, which will enable HDR visuals over uh, a thousand DirectX uh, 11 and Direct uh, DirectX 12 games. So uh, just. You have to go make sure your system supports those. Uh, it's updated to to support those, and you should start to see. And I don't I don't know if they give us a list of the titles in specific, but uh, again, it will kind of just natively happen for these games. So you'll get some new uh, contrast in your videos, a little darker blacks, and a little brighter foreground colors, things like that, just to make it look a little new. Um, the other thing we got uh, was uh, I don't know if you kind of jump into this one. Virtual yeah, desktops. Vir virtual desktops. It's not something that I use personally, but I know you use it a lot. And basically, in this new build, it allows you to reorder and customize the backgrounds for each of your virtual desktops. And now in Task View, which is a Win Plus tab, you could reorder virtual desktops by using drag and drop with your mouse. You could do a right click on a virtual desktop thumbnail or use Alt plus shift plus left or the right arrow on your keyboard to move them around. So basically Microsoft is putting you in control of your virtual desktops and giving you more ways to customize that experience. Yeah, uh, I use it a lot uh, just to kind of separate work from uh, other work, basically. Uh, I do you know, all the journalistic stuff we do here. And so I have Teams open, 5,000 browsers. Uh, we'll have OneNote open, you know, just things like that. Uh, for you know, uh, Photoshop for images, and then I have uh, what I do at my day job, which is SEM. So I'll have, you know, uh, Google Ad editors open, uh, Ad Copy, tons of Excel's and mac uh, macros and things like that, all enabled. And I just don't like to have, you know, kind of minimize windows and close these. So I just put them in virtual desktops, and it works really well for me. Uh, and this is really cool to be kind of just, you know, I'm learning to be more of a power user with the keyboard versus using my mouse to move things around. So the alt shifts and the alt left rights, uh, super easy, super cool, super convenient. Uh, plus, uh, you have your gestures with the uh, trackpad that kind of bring this all up in a exploded view, which is pretty awesome. Uh, I'm glad they're adding those. Uh, the next thing I think is our biggest one. I think people will immediately see, unlike you who didn't get it, uh, <laughs> which is uh, the file explorer has gotten sort of a tweak. Uh, you know, they explain it as this big new layout. It's They've added padding around uh, the spacing in between files and uh, descriptions and titles, things like that. So uh, you just get a little cleaner looking view. Things aren't bunched up on top of each other. You're not seeing um, necessarily just uh, tags and descriptions bleeding into each other. Uh, and they say it's designed to uh, foster better interactions with touch. So, you know, here's for all of us who are bitching and complaining about uh, <laughs> tablet mode. Hopefully this is just- That a was me, list. that was me, like just <laughs> last week where I wrote the whole expose and we had our great 30 minute debate about Chrome OS versus Windows 10. So finally, they, they were like, you know what, let's, let's shut up uh, Ervin and quit <laughs> snagging. Uh, here's your tablet mode file, uh, file explorer. Again, it's very minor. Um, 
but you will notice it if you have it uh, just to kind of look at it and it's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, that's not all. There's also some other smaller things, of course. Um, I believe that um, now Power Automate, uh, sorry, Power Automate Desktop, it's a mouthful, and Windows Terminal are now inbox apps that will ship with the OS itself. Uh, the Notepad app, uh, this will make Marriage of Valley very, very happy. The Notepad app is now updated via the Microsoft Store going I forward. Know, I believe her first initial tweet was, oh no, but we'll see if she's got to come around to it. <laughs> and then it has been removed from the Windows Accessory folder, so now it has its own place in the Start menu. And there's even a new, <laughs> and even though there's there's a new icon that's inspired by Microsoft's fluent design language as well. So these these are smaller things that but some things that you might notice whenever they roll out to you. And hopefully these are signs of things to come for Sun Valley. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Sun Valley, uh, I know Sun Valley is Windows 10, and but Intel is going hard on Windows 10 and Windows PCs and they released their own Mac versus PC at their own take on it, right? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to do our segues, Microsoft's thinking of changing Windows, and our boy who used to be a Mac guy, uh, I believe it's Justin Long is the name of the actor, is changing from Mac to PCs. I don't think he's officially done it. I mean, I'm assuming he goes home to a Mac, but at least commercial-wise and branding, he's starring in a new uh, Intel versus Apple uh, advertisement you can find on YouTube. I'm sure we'll have a link uh, in our descriptions as well. And we have a couple, you know, videos that'll probably overplay this. But uh, it, this is kind of big news. It's kind of sent Twitter uh, uh, a, <laughs> yeah, everyone was a flutter yeah. uh, because you know people are reading tea leaves that probably don't exist about what this means for Intel. Um, and you know, some people are on the side of saying that Intel is desperate, and this is why they're pulling this move. Other people are saying that. Um, Intel probably does have the upper hand as far as uh, mindshare. Uh, I mean, we always think about, you know, Max being for the cool creatives, but again, they think we believe there's still less than 15% of the market, uh, even though they've had, you know, some astounding uh, quarter over quarter uh, uh, sales in the last couple of years, but they're still super small. So uh, with that all being said, um, the commercial basically has just a long intro room where he kind of plays around with different devices. And um, what he's basically extolling is that you get a ton of variety, not only from PC makers themselves, where you get Asus, uh, Acer, uh, Dell, HP, uh, Lenovo, everybody you know uh, that runs the gambit, but you also get a different uh, uh, variety of form factors. Say, so I think he pulls out the, is it the Asus, the one with the... The ZenBook Duo with the two screens, and he's holding it up, and he's like, hey, this has two screens, and I could ink on it and touch on it. And then he grabs the MacBook Pro, and he's like, oh, it, it has uh, it has a little tiny touch bar. Then he, he accidentally touches the Siri button, and it says some weird, ridiculous thing, and then the commercial ends. <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting because, again, these are playing to apparently an audience who's never touched computers in the last... 15 years or so because <laughs> everyone kind of knows what you get with the mac and everyone knows what you get with the pc even with the new surfaces uh within the last uh seven eight years people know that you can you know use it as a tablet attach a keyboard things like that it, it comes down to at the end of the day um what operating system you're most comfortable with and which ecosystem you like to live in uh, as, as much as intel would love to i guess squash this whole mac one uh plague that's been running across the internet um 
the idea is that you know Apple's saying that you get a faster computer with more power and more performance and Intel has been preaching that since uh, you know since its inception like that's the, every year they say you get more power more performance and more more battery and things like that so they're both saying the same thing you get to make your own decision at the end of the day of hey if you're a Mac guy and you love all the Mac stuff that comes with it stick with Macs if you're an Intel guy it's very it's it's very rare that you see the crossover between the two. My but favorite. We appreciate my, just one being there. I just want to mention my favorite ad, which I'm sure is going to cause um, a stir in the in the, in the comment section. But this in this ad, a what's you a computer see, one? Not not a what's a computer ad, but let's say <laughs> it's Intel's take on what's a computer ad, because uh, Justin he has the Lenovo Yoga Nine I. And then he flips it around between laptop mode and tablet mode. And then he picks up the MacBook and he's like, oh, it's just a laptop. And then a hand comes in from the side of the screen. And then they, ha they hand him the iPad, the iPad smart keyboard, the Apple Pencil. And then he's like, oh, there's even a dongle too. And this, this is the commercial that really lit up Twitter, where you had all of the influencers comment on how Intel is slamming Apple hard. And you still need a dongle to use some of these new um, PCs anyway. <laughs> you do, but you don't necessarily need, again, it, it, I can attest that like if you have a Surface Pro, you don't need a separate iPad. That's and true. You don't, that's true. So, yeah. I mean, that's just, and you don't necessarily need uh two extra keyboards to run you know you have your keyboard on your on your clamshell device and for an ipad if you want it to be in the pro form and use it more than just uh, as a consumption device you'll need a, ta a keyboard for that as well so i mean there is merit to that I, I don't think anybody's again like i said no one's buying these thinking like oh i'm jumping from apple to windows because i want to save 150 dollars on a keyboard that's not <laughs> a normal decision so for any of you who want to start a war about that Please keep in mind that's not people. Most people think, but it is a convenience to to know that you can go in for seven eight hundred bucks and get one of two types of devices. And uh, at the end of the day, it just becomes you know what tool can you best fit your your need for work or your need for consumption. So I, I do I do like that the stacking of things because Apple does seem to nickel and dime people. Uh, you know when they take away. Uh, the headphone jack. It's like, oh, guess what? We have a dongle, and now we have this new <laughs> earbud. These new earbuds you can use, and these new headphones to to kind of compensate for the things that we took away from you. Yeah, the overall speaking, the ads are pretty great. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll show up on TV, like in the middle of a football game one day, and then everyone will be sitting on their sofa and be like, "No, I'm a Mac. No, I'm a PC." And then they'll start. Well, and that's that's the thing that I, I find each interesting. Other. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing I find interesting is that uh, you never really see Apple advertise for their Macs. They, they advertise for their phones about like flashy colors and dancers, things like that. But it's the product placement. People see, you know, that Mac or that, that grayed out symbol or the gray laptop. They know that someone's using a Mac and it, they subconsciously know like, hey, that's a good thing for whatever the product placement is. It's usually when they see like a Surface particular, even random black laptops like the Nova or Dell, they don't really make a, a, a difference. But when someone sees a service, they're like, oh, that's product placement. No one would ever use that. <laughs> it just, I feel like Microsoft or, or Intel in, in general, I don't know how they can like portray this in like product placement, but they're going to need to like figure out a way to, to make it somewhat natural in product placement so people get associated with Intel. They don't think Intel as a chip maker, they think, oh, I have a Windows PC or laptop. 
and it may be made from a Dell or an HP, and I have a Mac, so it's really hard for for these arguments and these ads to go further, where people are going to walk away saying Intel's my guy. No one's going to say that. <laughs> All right, enough about PCs and Intel and Macs and web development. Let's just get into the fun and games, which is Xbox and the time for our week ahead segment. Yeah, so, this is your favorite section. <laughs> yeah, there's a rumor going around that there could be a possible Xbox event next week. Um, I'm not sure if it's 100% happening, but we know that um, Brad Sams and, and Paul Thoreau and all of the, the Microsoft watchers, they were talking about a possible Xbox event on March 23rd, and they think the focus will be cloud gaming and we saw um i know i wrote the piece about uh phil spencer teasing x cloud coming on his on windows 10 and he was playing um i forgot the game on his surface pro x while sitting in the airport so it looks like uh we definitely have some xbox big xbox news coming if not this week uh coming soon yeah um i'm interested to see uh xcloud finally show up for pc which i thought would have been their first venture versus smartphone and tablet Android, uh, I, it's only exclusive to Android. yeah <laughs> i get that i get the i guess the testing bed for but i thought pc again is their bread and butter uh in more concrete news we did write about uh xbox's new hire for I believe let me make sure i get the title right now the new director of xbox global partnerships um, we have Mark Marcos, I believe, Waltenberg, uh, was just recently hired. Uh, he reached out on LinkedIn to kind of let everybody know about the switch. He's coming from 20th Century Fox uh, and uh, more recently Netflix. Uh, has done great things at both companies, uh, reached a 200 million audience. And I think what his purview so far, as far as we can tell, and we're hoping to speak with him uh, about more details about it, um, is that he's going to be overseeing brand management and kind of expanding on the brands that uh, Xbox already has. Uh, I've already started to speculate that, you know, um, he's going to help bring um, more entertainment value. Again, for all you gamers out there, I don't mean <laughs> bring entertainment to the console, but at least associate the brand with things outside of the console. So when you see like someone like The Rock, I think was in one of his more recent uh, ads, was reaching into an Xbox mini fridge to kind of promote his own energy drink. Uh, you'll start to see stuff like that. Again, it's not going to affect the gaming. You're not going to have to worry about, you know, uh, pass through on your console or more uh, entertainment apps. I just think it's going to be having Microsoft's entertainment arm become Xbox and their product and their productivity still be Microsoft 365. And speaking, we're still continuing on with Xbox. Uh, not done yet. Um, last week, uh, the Xbox wireless headset became available for purchase. If you could find one, that is, because it's um, it's currently out of stock at the Microsoft Store and many other retailers. And um, our Laurent, he was able to get his hands on with one. So he's going to um, review it next week. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, and again, I'm full of predictions. I'm assuming at some point... <laughs> Xbox and Surface are going to merge, and we'll just get the Microsoft headphone, which will <laughs> allow you to pair between your Xbox and your laptop or your Surface device and things like that, or hopefully an Android phone, uh, similar to all of Apple's yeah, you know, uh, auditory things. So that's uh, one other thing. And uh, I don't know, do you have any hardware that you're going to be looking at uh, this week coming up? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that if you follow me on Twitter that you saw me tweeting about it. I got a new keyboard from Aki, yes. which, uh, which is one of our one of our sponsors. They they I'm super jealous. They sent me over a they call it the KM G12 mechanical gaming keyboard, which has fancy lights all the way around. Um, yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll be reviewing that uh, the, reviewing that next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And while I'm here. If you like free stuff, you should enter our giveaway because I to sell it, <laughs> I don't think you qualify uh, because it's only for readers. But if you're a reader or you're a viewer, um, check out our giveaway because we're giving away a three month, two three months code for Headspace, which is an ad that you could use to meditate and cool and calm your head after a long day of work or a long day of school. So that's our cool giveaway. I know we teased it last week. But silly me forgot to publish the post on Monday. And now we're a week late with the giveaway, but it's still there. And uh, check it out. We'll have the link in the description and in the video. And check it out. And we'll be announcing the winners next week. Well, I mean, I think that sums it up. I have uh, some reviews I owe you guys. I have the X, I have the X12 detachable ThinkPads answer to the Surface Pro, which, I mean, spoiler it's amazing. It, it is <laughs> definitely more than an answer to the Surface Pro uh, in many ways. Uh, and then I believe I uh, owe you guys the uh, Chrome, uh, Lenovo's Chromebook uh, review too, uh, which I have many words to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't reignite our Chrome OS versus Windows. I think Windows. I might. I think I might have to bring that back up again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, that said, that pretty much does it. Um, it was a very good podcast. We had our guest. Uh, we talked about Windows 10X, we talked about Windows 10, we teased Xbox, we even started a new Mac versus PC debate again. So yeah, yeah. thanks. Thanks everyone for watching. I'll leave you for your outro as usual. Yeah, you can, um, again, I'm Kareem, your, your host, and Arif is our world's greatest co-host. I don't think I said it at the top, but uh, <laughs> if you want more of the two of us uh, on in social media, I'm at Mindhead1, you're at? A back turn. Yeah, please seek us out. Uh, again, if you just want to chit-chat, if you have opinions about Mac versus uh, uh, Windows or Windows versus Chrome, uh, please talk to either one of us. Uh, and if you want to follow all of the news, all of the stuff that we just talked about the week ahead, please follow us on, on Microsoft uh, on Twitter as well. And I believe we have a Facebook too, but we're mostly on Twitter. Yeah, uh, thanks for watching, everyone. We hope to see you again soon. Same place, Stay same safe, time. And we'll see you guys on the other side. Yep.